You are listening to the official podcast of First Baptist Church of Cape Girardeau. We are a community of faith, hope, and love located in Southeast Missouri. For more information, visit our website at fbccape.com. Before I read scripture, I just wanted to say that First Baptist sure knows how to give a tearful send-off to a family, so it's been a little tough this morning. Huh. And of course, Tyler gave me this passage to read, so we'll get, we'll get through it together. Uh, okay. This will be a reading from the book of Philippians, chapter 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and the deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you, because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Christ Jesus. Sorry for that. Um, It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart, for all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus, and this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. On my uh, first Sunday here, Ron Robinson made a joke and said that I was about the age of Jesus when he started his ministry. And I got up and said, well, I hope my ministry ends differently than Jesus's. And I hope it has ended differently, although maybe some of you have at times thought of ending it in the same way. I know that some of you think that this transition is happening far too soon, and maybe there's a handful of you that think it's happening far too late. Um, But it has been a joy, a pure joy to be among you. So I'm going to offer us a prayer, and then we're going to all get through this together. Let's pray. God, I ask that during this time that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be pleasing unto you, and that you would help all of us to hear a word of the gospel this morning. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. I've told you all before that I really enjoy watching TED Talks. Uh, That's one of my daily rituals, is sometimes while I'm eating breakfast, I'll watch a TED Talk. Recently, I watched one that I found really interesting. Haley Bartholomew was an Australian photographer who felt stuck in her life. She and her partner had two kids and and a great life, it seemed like, but she just felt stuck. She felt like life was just a treadmill where you run and you you have two kids and you buy a house and you save up for retirement and then you die. 
She felt like her life was going nowhere. She made the decision to reach out to a local Catholic nun in her community to get some spiritual direction. She met with this nun, and the nun told her, you know, I think the secret to happiness and fulfillment is gratitude. The nun challenged Haley to do a reflection for the next 10 days. And so for the next 10 days, Haley was supposed to reflect on just one thing that she was grateful for each day. So Haley is a photographer she decided to expand this assignment. And so for an entire year, she was going to take a picture of one thing each day that made her grateful. It formed into a project called 365 Grateful. Each day she started by being hyper alert for the things in her life for which she was thankful. Things like the shade of green in the woods behind her house, her three-year-old daughter holding her hand, the wedding of two beloved friends, an empty plate of maple syrup that formerly held a stack of pancakes. She tells the story one day of how she was struggling to appreciate her husband. Then one day, she took a picture of him serving dessert to their family. And when she processed the picture, she noticed that he had put the best piece of pie on her plate. It made her aware of all the ways that her husband had put her first and had subtly loved her. She suddenly saw him in a new light and was so grateful for him. Gratefulness and being thankful changes the way we view our lives. In our passage for this morning, Paul is communicating a profound sense of gratitude to, for the community of believers in Philippi. Philippians is one of the few letters of Paul where he has nothing but good things to say about them. Philippians is the opposite of, say, Galatians, where Paul gets so worked up and angry that he ends up telling them that maybe they ought to cut off certain body parts. I hope you all are grateful that for my final sermon as your pastor, you're hearing me preach from Philippians instead of giving it to you a double barrel with Galatians. But maybe we'll see where the Spirit takes us. <laughs> Philippians is filled with encouragement and joy and compassion and gratefulness. In fact, these Philippian Christians seem to be people that Paul would call his friends. One of the words that Paul uses throughout Philippians to describe his relationship with them is a word that's familiar to you. It's the Greek word koinonia. It means a deep and abiding fellowship. It means authentic community. It means friends who feel like family. Koinonia is not just regular old friendship. It is friendship that is based in Christ. 
And what we read here in Philippians is that friendship in Christ is not fickle, it's not temporary, it's not just a matter of warm feelings that quickly come and quickly go. Friendship in Christ is what happens when people choose to belong to one another because of their common calling in Christ. Friendship in Christ is something that transcends time and distance because it is fueled by the compassion of Jesus Christ. Koinonia is the reason that Jess and I can say to all of you that you will always have a special place in our hearts because the love and the friendship that we share with you is based on our mutual love and faith of Jesus Christ. And this sense of love and compassion is meant to spill over into the community. The theologian Daniel Migliori says it this way in his commentary on Philippians. Christians are called to love God and neighbor not half-heartedly or on certain occasions or with a thousand reservations, but as God loves the world and as Paul says he loves the Philippians with the compassion of Christ. Christians should be known for their compassion and their love and their friendliness towards their neighbors. They should be known as people who embrace the other and love with abandon. Christians should be the people who stand up to bullies and to those who choose to denigrate and discriminate against those who are different than them. Christians should love with a crazy abandon. Paul writes that he is grateful for the Philippian Christians because they have shown him true koinonia. And because of the ways that Paul has seen them live out their faith, Paul can say this with boldness, I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. Notice that Paul says that it is God who completes the action here, God not only wants us to accept the the gift of salvation in our lives, but God also wants us to realize that this salvation is only a starting pistol, not a finish line. Paul says that the Philippians' continued participation with Paul in his ministry serves as sign and evidence of the steadfast loving kindness and work of God in their lives. These believers are on the path towards fully realizing what they were created to become. So what kind of completion is Paul talking about here? Well, in his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus uses the same Greek word that's used here for completion when he says this, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. He's not talking about never doing anything wrong. He's not talking about perfection in the sense of being morally pure. He's talking about perfection in the sense of being complete. In this context, the perfect that Jesus is talking about is when believers in him are loving their enemies and praying for those who persecute them. 
God wants to continue to mold and shape us into who we are called to be. And we know that we are on the path to that completion when our lives begin to look more and more like Jesus. And what God begins, God will see to the finish. So like the Apostle Paul, I find myself this morning overflowing with one feeling more than any other, and that's gratitude. I am thankful to have been given this opportunity to serve as your pastor. In 2009, my brother was the first person to come to FBC Cape and tell me about it. He'd always been interested since one of his friends, Ryan Harper, served as a youth minister here years ago. Caleb tried it out, and I remember he told me, it's really nice, and Bob Reeves greets you at the door. (laughs) And eventually my friend Philip Meese served as a summer missionary here. And when his time was ending, he asked me if I would be willing to work at the church to keep their youth and young adult ministries going. And then eventually, randomly in Kent Library, I met this guy who looked like Jay Leno but talked like Bill Clinton. (laughs) And it was Bruce Gentry. And he invited me to come and live and work with him at the Baptist Student Center. During my time of serving as an intern here and during my time of being at the Baptist Student Center, God used both of these places to help shape and mold my sense of calling. I never wanted to be a pastor, but I really enjoy doing ministry with you. And I kept feeling a tug towards ministry because of you. Eventually, God called Jess and I to move to Kansas City. And as I attended seminary and as I worked at a church there, I kept up to date with the comings and goings at First Baptist Church. Mike Schubert was and is a very dear friend of mine. And he and I would occasionally talk to compare notes and ideas. I eventually left the associate pastor position I was at in Kansas City, and I began working at Central Baptist Theological Seminary. I was going to serve as the director of a program that I loved, and two months after my getting there, it was announced that this program was being canceled. They told me I still had a job, which was sweet of them but I was pretty much just doing administrative paperwork for the seminary. I missed ministry. And honestly, that was probably one of the lower points of my life. I was struggling with my calling and my sense of direction. And one day on my cell phone, I randomly got a call from a 573 number, and it was Bob Hamblin. He wanted me to pray about the possibility of serving as pastor of First Baptist Church of Cape Girardeau. Jess and I did a lot of thinking and praying, and we felt like we had the green light from God 
to go ahead. We entered into the pastor search process, and eventually we were voted in. There's a temptation in moments like this to see everything through rose-tinted glasses. But to be perfectly honest with you, my first few days on the job were awful. (laughs) Truly, truly awful. After my fourth day, I came into the office here at 6 a.m. and I wrote a letter of resignation. It was clear to me that First Baptist Church had more internal work to do than I think even any of us had realized. And I did not feel up to the task of being your pastor. I wrote that letter of resignation in the office back there, and then at 6.30 a.m. I came in here, and I sat about there, and I prayed and cried, and I'm glad we didn't have our cameras set up then. I poured my heart out to God, and I asked for the strength to do what I was being asked to do. And then I cannot explain any of this, but truly a peace that passeth all understanding washed over me. And I deleted that letter. And as hard as those first few days were, they helped me. And I think they helped all of us come through them with a sense of determination and a strength that I do not think otherwise we would have had. Things have not always been easy. There have still been hard days. And I will always, always look back on this time where our lives intersected with thankfulness. I'm thankful for the ways that you love my family. During my time with you, I've lost members of my family, and you have walked with me during that grief. I gained a daughter, and you gave us so much Batgirl and Wonder Woman shirts. (laughs) You have loved Henry and Owen and Charlotte deeply. I've heard it said before, that the deepest way to love someone with children is to show care to their kids. So thank you for loving my kids. I am thankful for the amazing and wonderful people that I've had the privilege of working alongside. All of the staff here are amazing and hardworking leaders who seek the very best for their community. Becky Gentry is one of the most loving and kind and funny people that I know. Gerald exudes caring and graciousness. And I've told some of you this before, but if somehow there's beef between you and Gerald, let me assure you, it is you. It is not Gerald. (laughs) 
Aaron and Lawrence Kinkle are so deeply caring for our kids and our youth. Keith Kyle is full of energy and ideas. Aaron Pind has been a godsend in the office and has brought so much warmth and organization to our church. In my early days, we had Wendy Gravitt and Donna Comrec. Donna and I would sometimes uh, jokingly debate about politics. She's still wrong. (laughs) I want you to hear this and hear this well. Please trust these people. The staff here are not hired hands. They are your leaders ordained by God to lead you. Listen to them and allow them to lead you, please. I am thankful for the ways that you have been open to the movement of the Spirit, maybe even in ways that you weren't always comfortable with. Early in my time here, a group of us went through a visioning process that CBF had developed called Dawnings. And during one of the evenings of of Dawnings, uh, we went through each room in First Baptist Church, and we prayed for all of the different ministries that would happen in this room. We even went to the bathrooms. So in each room, one members of the Dawnings group was assigned to pray for that room. And when we came into the sanctuary, it was Ken Moxie's turn. And during that prayer, it's almost as if Ken Moxie had a vision. He told us that he felt like God was calling him to pray that First Baptist Church would be the kind of place where even people of other faith could come into this room and know that they are loved. It's kind of a weird thing to say, to be honest with you. Now, he wasn't saying that we should water anything down about what we believe, But Ken was catching a vision of a community that was so warm and so welcoming and so inviting that even people who are fundamentally different than us would be welcome here. It was a powerful moment. And to be honest with you, I'd kind of forgotten about it. That is, until three years later. Brooke Clubs and I have been involved in an interfaith alliance here in Cape. We set up times each year for for people of differing faiths to come together and to dialogue and to fellowship and to eat a meal with one another. Well, First Baptist Church hosted one of those events. We had a meeting in our church where people of all different faiths met right here in our building. There were Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, Catholic, atheist, agnostic, Protestant, and even a few Baptist. Although, I have to be honest with you, fewer than I'd been hoping for. Well, the evening ended with all of us gathering in this room, in this room, 
for a time of prayer. And in the middle of that prayer, suddenly I felt tears coming to my eyes. I realized that what Ken Moxie had prayed for was suddenly coming to life. It reminded me something that Peter says during his sermon on the day of Pentecost. You remember that day, right? When God brought together a crazy, diverse group of people and suddenly made them into a community. Here's what Peter preached, quoting God speaking from the Old Testament prophet of Joel. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. I am thankful for the ways that you have been open to the movement of the Spirit among you. Please continue to do so. I grew up in southeast Missouri. I love southeast Missouri. But honestly, when I was an adolescent, in my faith, I struggled. I struggled in my faith because I was asking questions and I was having doubts and I never felt like I had a place where I could bring those questions and those doubts without being lectured or judged. Southeast Missouri so desperately needs you. Southeast Missouri desperately needs communities of faith that are places of radical welcome, that are willing to think deeply about complex issues, and you may just be the only place where these people feel accepted in their entire lives. So, sisters and brothers, My prayer for you is the same prayer that Paul has for the Philippians. First Baptist Church, I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day in 1834 until now. I am confident of this, First Baptist Church, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. Right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart. For all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, First Baptist Church, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, for the glory and praise of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me. God, help us to be people who look 
for what we are thankful for, who are hyper alert for the small and large gifts that you have given us. Help us to be people who focus on that and who are filled with gratitude of your goodness and your grace in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.